First of all, I just want to say how how much I've appreciated sitting with everyone today. It's been really, it doesn't feel like the first day of a retreat. It's just been very settled and a uh, real sense of depth, of uh, quiet and also of, of practice amongst, you know, in this room together. And of course, you know, in, in the next days, as we have the interviews, we'll hear more what's going on inside. But uh, whatever's going on inside, there is a, a real depth of practice here. So it's very, very lovely to sit together. <coughs> and uh, just one of the things I really love about IRC is the, the walking meditation sort of decks. Got all these wonderful decks for walking meditation. And <coughs> I always, I always find that my mind really settles here, just walking up and down on the deck uh, during the walking meditation time. And maybe because there aren't many nice places go, to go for walks, you know, there isn't. You can't just kind of go for a lovely hike, except for round one way or round the other way, around the building. But uh, there's something just peaceful and uh, centering, I find, about walking on those decks. And during the last walking meditation of the afternoon, um, you know, it's, it's the first day and our last practice period is a walking meditation rather than a sitting. So it's, it's, uh, it's, easy for people to kind of wander off and, and do something else. So I noticed a big difference from the, the first walking of the afternoon and the second time there was a, a remarked absence of people. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yet I was really enjoying the, the walking meditation. So I was sitting, walking up and down and aware of, you know, that people are probably doing all kinds of things other than walking during that time. And for myself, just really enjoying the simplicity and the opportunity to to walk up and down, be with the feeling on the soles of the feet, take in the wholesome environment, and uh, and also there's a recognition of a need for a certain amount of effort. Uh, particularly, you know, because that we weren't in a way we weren't all doing it together. It's much easier when everybody's doing something together. You kind of we can kind of ride on each other's uh, tailwind, and and I could feel like oh, I kind of need a little bit more effort to just stay with this. And uh, while walking up and down with this, just just feeling like what is the right amount of effort to put in here? You know, not too much, not too much, because then it gets tight and not too little, because then I go and do something else. <laughs> and uh, finding just that right right amount of effort. And, and as I was walking up and down, um, re- reflecting on, on the effort, the quality of effort, I just noticed the mind opening and uh, a recognition of how in daily life, even though I live in a monastery, and so for you it's probably much more challenging, but just recognizing how in daily life the 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 selfing happens, you know, the the meing and mining happens, and in a retreat situation like this, there's not much need for it. It's kind of superfluous. 
they're, they're creating a self out of what's going on, even though it still happens. But it's kind of irrelevant, really, in this kind of context. So uh, as I was walking up and down and uh, looking into finding that right effort, it was as though um, there's this kind of, uh, a little bit like uh, algae on a pond, you know, the, the algae of, of the me and mine story started to be, started to open up. And then there was just this sense of, of light and spaciousness and uh, very pleasant, very nice experience and, and 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 yet there was still enough of that me and mine story around the edges to recognize what it is and, and how it's there you know a lot of the time and yet there was this kind of opening up and and uh, seeing through that and uh, you know when when you see through that it is it is really like algae on a pond you know when you first when you're just with the algae it's all that it's real it's kind of crusty <laughs> It's uh, obscuring the, the truth or the, the clear water. And then as, as you clear that away through right effort, then it's like looking into a pool. It's like uh, seeing the truth of things, which is, is so much deeper than this me and mine story that plays out. So it's just really enjoying that uh, opening and that experience and, and then uh, just reflecting more as, as I was walking up and down with that uh, that kind of beautiful view in a way of, of, of seeing the, the depth or the truth of, of what we are just not totally, not like diving into it but seeing it um, and I was just reflecting on the Eightfold Path because I could see like well this is I'm seeing this because of putting in right effort. And the practice is of mindfulness, mindfulness of the soles of the feet touching the ground, mindfulness of the movement, mindfulness of, of uh, the environment and how that affects my, my mind or my consciousness. So, so there's effort and mindfulness, effort around mindfulness, you could say. And, uh, and then as that continued, then an increased collectedness of mind. So just sort of recognizing, although effort was the most uh, clear of the Eightfold Path, that I could see how, oh yeah, there's, because of putting in right effort in relation to mindfulness, mind is collecting, and then through that collectedness of mind, the, the truth is revealing itself. The truth that is always here, never leaves us, is, is revealing itself. I can see it. There's a lot of the time I can't see it so clearly. And then uh, reflecting on, well, you know, if it, that's right, like the last three folds of the past, so what about the rest of it? That's got to be there too. So the, you know, the first fold of the path, Right, right view. So, like that's like understanding the changing nature of things, understanding the impermanence of all things. And I could see how that was there, kind of in the background. If I didn't, if there wasn't that, then there would be 
probably quick recreate the self, you know, the self has got to be real. But knowing, you know, okay, the mind changes, the experience of being somebody changes, our perceptions change. So with that as a kind of backdrop, there can be a, a relaxed, you can relax into um, you know, the, the shifts of the mind. And then I was reflecting on, on right thought or right intention. So was, uh, thoughts of renunciation, thoughts of non-harm and non-ill will. And I was just reflecting on, you know, even just, just being in this situation here, that, that like the night before, everyone had taken the eight precepts, and then we're living in this, you know, people have come here over, over the new year, there's all so many things you can do over new year that aren't very renouncing, and uh, people have chosen to come here into a renunciant form for these days. And even if the mind hasn't kind of caught up with the program yet, <laughs> still there, there's been that thought and that intention to, to get everybody here. You wouldn't be here without a thought and intention of, of renunciation. And uh, you know, non-harm and non-ill will. So, or you could say um, loving kindness and compassion on the positive side. So to, to do this, I, I feel like to come into a, a situation that supports and encourages and affirms the truth of, of who and what we are, that affirms a, a greater reality than society is generally allowing us to believe in. This is a great act of kindness towards ourselves. And then taking the precepts together, so we took our precepts, we took, you know, not, not here, not the eight, but we had our larger number of precepts already last week, uh, and we lived by them each day, and, and then you all together took the eight precepts publicly together. And then that's such a great act of, of harmlessness, you know, compassion to do that and, and because you and you witness each other so everybody knows you know we all know that we're living in this way so we can relax we're a source of safety to each other so it's a great uh, you know, the act of compassion and kindness in that so just recognizing it as so I was reflecting on it and seeing like oh you know even if not every moment my mind is reflecting on Renunciation. I'm not going through the list, you know, renunciation, non-harm, non-ill will, but the environment itself that we've chosen to be in is supporting that. We're already in that field, you could say. And uh, right speech, pretty easy. Noble silence. It saves a lot of complications. And uh, right action. So, you know, like I was saying yesterday, that, that this place, it runs entirely on the generosity of, of the people who are 
here and who are interested in it, who are connected with it. So, you know, through the right action of, of helping out, you know, cleaning and helping with the cooking and washing up and and also through the right action of, of not, you know, doing things that are that are harmful. So that's also coming back to restraint again. So there's the right action is being manifest here. People are people are living with right action, coming to the meditation hall sitting, even if the mind is restless. It's right action. And uh, right livelihood. So I don't know what everybody's livelihood is when you're back home. But uh, while you're here, your livelihood is to be a yogi. It's to be a practitioner. So, you know, everyone who's, who's coming to the hall, who's uh, sitting through the meditation, who's getting up in the morning, who's renouncing their evening meal, because there isn't one being offered. <laughs> you know, this is, this is the, the right livelihood of a yogi. So, you know, as you're doing this, as you're living this, uh, this life of a yogi over these days, you're, you're practicing right livelihood. And probably many of you are also practicing right livelihood at home. And if, if you're not, then it might be that you're here with a certain burden in your mind around that. And that's something to be looked at and investigated. But if, you, uh, if you're living in a way that you know, your livelihood is not harming others, then that can also be like a support in your practice here. And then we come to right effort. So back there again. So during the walking meditation, this kind of was going on in my mind. It wasn't a, it wasn't a wandering or a rambling, but it was just a, a kind of collecting, a recognizing of those elements coming together. And uh, as they came together, the mind opened, and the you know, the Ananda Bodhi, Adiyasi co-teaching a retreat with all of the story of you know what's going on at the Vihara and what's going to happen and what's going to happen in the future all that nothing is just opening up and there's the like deep pool of truth or the or a glimpse at the ocean of truth through those stories so uh, so I just want to recount this because you know, the Eightfold Path is the path to awakening. And sometimes when we, when we try to look at it you know, step by step, it can get a little bit uh, heady. Or we might you know, feel like we can't really do it or we kind of keep falling off somewhere that path. But just to see how much of it is already being fulfilled through you getting here, through your intention of being here, practicing, through the, the harmlessness, the, the generosity, the effort that is being made. And 
to really take the opportunity to apply that sustained effort in relation to mindfulness. So concentration will come along naturally as you do this. But to really you know, value this opportunity on, over these days of retreat. You know, this is a it's very, very precious time. That so we have the time without you know, with with very, very few distractions, maybe a pain in the knee or having to do a, a yogi job you'd rather not do or something like that. Pretty minimal distractions. We have the support to apply just the right effort to being mindful of this body and mind in in this moment, in any moment. And then uh, also reflecting on, because I've been using the word right, right, you know, right effort, right mindfulness and so on, and in Pali the word is samma. And samma, you know, it's I would say more accurately is translated as attuned. Sometimes it's uh, translated as perfect. I'm a little wary of using the word perfect because you know if you're a perfectionist then you start getting tense around the word like perfect. <laughs> Am I being perfect enough? You know, it's not perfect. So it's not it's not a rigid perfection, but it's an attunement, just like. Uh, just like if you're tuning a guitar or a violin or a cello. So, uh, you know, first of all, you twang the strings. You see, what are they like? Are they in tune? Is it are they in tune or not? So we do that with ourselves. You know, am I? Am I? Is this effort attuned or is it not attuned? Is it is it too forced or is it too slack? And then we we check out what's going on and we attune. Our efforts are too slack, we put a little bit more effort in. We, we apply more sustained effort. Too, too tight, too sharp, relax a little bit. So on the first day of retreats, it might be that the right effort is to sleep, have a rest, catch up. And then there's... The, there's an attunement. You're, you're not you're not too stretched anymore, like an over tightened string. And uh, so we don't have to feel guilty because we're having a rest, because maybe that's what's needed. And then, but then when you've rested enough, if you just keep on resting, then you get a slack string again. You're flat. Nothing works. No tune. So to just to keep checking in, and that will change, you know, it will change through the day, each day. And also just like with an instrument, if you, you, can, you can tune it perfectly, it's perfectly tuned. And then you, say maybe you're sitting in the, in the meditation hall here and you've got your instrument perfectly tuned, it's lovely. And then you go into the kitchen at the mealtime and suddenly, it all goes funny. And that's just like when you take an instrument into a, maybe a hot room it gets flat, or into a cold space it gets sharp, because you've changed the environment 
that that instrument is in. So that this is going on all the time. It goes. It's kind of pretty minimal actually in this context, but it still happens. So just to recognise when you're taking your attuned mind into a different environment, what is that environment? What is it? You know, what is it bringing up? Is it is it bringing up heat? You know, you're getting excited, or is it is it uh, making you freeze? Then you need to kind of relax, soften. So we need to just keep on checking in and keep re-attuning. And in doing this, you know, we are this is mindfulness at work. You know, we need we have to be mindful in order to do that. So those two are, are supporting each other, mindfulness and and uh, perfect effort or attuned effort they're supporting each other and to be careful of those uh, those judging thoughts those critical thoughts that uh, like to tag along wherever you go so you know, you might be pretty much perfectly attuned, except there's this little nagging voice that's saying, "You should be, wah, 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 wah. you should be more, you should be, you should know by now, you should be better, you shouldn't be still doing that." So, uh, you know, those voices—that's the—that's the that selfing voice again. It's that algae on the pond that's trying to obscure the, 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 the view of truth by nagging away at our good intentions and efforts. So there's this phrase, I, don't, I actually don't remember the Pali, but there's this phrase of eye-making and mind-making this is something we, we keep doing. So there's, there's the experience that arises and we make an eye out of it. And uh, you know, something else comes our way and we make a mine out of it. This is me, this is mine. And uh, it feels <coughs> comforting. It's, it's like, it's, it's deceptively it feels comforting, but it, it, it's actually harming us, really. It's obscuring us from the truth of the way things are. So to get to know that, that process, that, that uh, habit over these days, just to get to know when that happens and, and what the effect of it is, you know, when we, we start to tighten around something, this is mine. Because the, the sad thing is that we do it around all kinds of things. You know, we do it around things that are lovely and uh, uplifting and, and, and then we do it around things that are painful and, and that hurt us. And we hold on to these thoughts or perceptions or memories as me and mine. And they're, they're not ser- it's not serving us. So learning to let go, to release the grief, to feel, you know, to feel what it, what does it feel like to be attached to a thought of being wrong or being not good enough or being the best, being special. 
You know, what does it feel like to be attached to those thoughts? They're all alienating thoughts. They all separate us. They all, they all obscure us from our interconnection with all things. So what does it feel like? And to, to know the feeling, to investigate, to take interest in that feeling. What does it feel like to be wrong? What does it feel like to be special? You know, these are identities that we create. And then to learn to let go. You know, because we're all special. Everyone is special, unique. Every living being is a miracle in process. So it's true, we're special and we're ordinary in that specialness. And, uh, you know, being wrong or not good enough, the nature of samsara or the nature of, uh, you know, the round of rebirths is that it's imperfect. There's always a flaw, that's the way it is. So as a, as a separate person, we cannot be perfect. We will be flawed in some way, because that's the nature of things. It's meant to be like that. So we don't need to tighten up around that and, and try to polish the brick, as they say in the Zen tradition. But to let go of the, of the the conglomeration of self and to come back to this moment, this experience in this moment, the feeling, tone, the thoughts that are present, the, the perceptions, the experience of this body, mind. So to come back to this in, in the moment This is the place of freedom. It's not becoming a perfect person. It's like that instrument constantly has to be reattuned. We don't, uh, we can't tune it, and then that's it. It's perfect forever. It's it's a it's a process. So uh, we have this incredible support now, over these days, just to just to investigate that, and to keep to keep looking at that. And to recognize, you know, to notice when those, when that selfing happens, when that tightening happens, or that uh, inflation happens, and to know that that's not truly what we are. That's not our true greatness. Our true greatness is much greater than that, much greater than any selfing could ever create. And we find our true greatness through just a very simple and humble process you know, of, of recognizing change, of uh, being willing to, to let go and to open through uh, you know, restraining what is unwholesome and cultivating what is wholesome and staying present in the moment because it's only right in this moment that we can see the truth of the way things are. It's not through, uh, there is no becoming 
And of course, again and again, you know, we, we, we create ourselves and we believe in it and we suffer. But we can keep opening up and investigating and letting go and starting again. And maybe laughing a little bit at ourselves. And not being disappointed, you know, when that algae comes over again. But just knowing, okay, it's, it's going to be like that. It's going to keep happening. But I just have to put my hands in and open it up again. And there's the truth. Oh, there it is. Even if we just get a little glimpse, it's already marvellous. it's reminding us of what we truly are. So there's an invitation over these days to uh, to really be nobody, nobody special, doing very little in just the just the right way. So I, I really wish everybody well on this uh, in this and, and also a bit of playfulness I think it's good to bring a little playfulness into it, you know, it doesn't have to be too serious because uh, you know, if it gets serious it gets solid again so just to investigate and play a little bit and, and search and, and question and see what happens don't try too hard, but don't slack off either. You know, just that steady, persistent effort. So I just uh, like to offer that tonight, and really wish all of us well in this time together. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.